our series that we've been um, talking about on the Holy Spirit, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, and recognizing that, you know what, the Holy Spirit is the part of the Godhead that lives with us. Yet sometimes he is the most misunderstood of all three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, we, and sometimes the one that's misunderstood the most is the one that lives with us. So part of this series is to help us have clarity and revelation of who the Holy Spirit is in our life and what does the Holy Spirit want to do in our life and, and how did God design us to live with the Holy Spirit. And we've talked a little bit about that and we talked about the Holy Spirit as far as being part of the Godhead, that they're all three, one God, but yet the Holy Spirit is with us. God is in heaven. The right hand of the Father is where Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is here. We hit a couple scriptures. When Jesus was baptized, he was in the water. So Jesus is on earth. The Holy Spirit comes down. Father in heaven speaks. So you see all three present there, but in different areas. Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, was full of the Holy Spirit. He looks up and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. So you have the Spirit with Stephen, Jesus and the Father in heaven. So we talk about to recognize that when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, you need to know and understand the work of the Holy Spirit because he's the one that's with you. So then we talked about what is the Holy Spirit's role. And the one week, the first week we talked about his role, that is the Holy Spirit that brings us to Jesus. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of its sin and then says that sin is not believing in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is the one that draws us to Jesus and convinces us that we need a Savior. And then when we give our life to the Lord, he convinces us that we are righteous through Jesus and also of judgment, meaning that the, the enemy has been defeated, has no power over us as believers. And so we need to walk in in confidence in our walk with God. So as we talked about that, then last week we talked about some other things um, that it says in John, it talked about the Holy Spirit as our helper. One translation will say advocate, one says helper, one may say comforter, but it's all the same word, but the Holy Spirit is our helper. Jesus said this to the disciples. He said, listen, I have to go, and it's better that I go. In other words, I'm going to go, and the Holy Spirit will send you another advocate or helper. In other words, we talked about that another meaning. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a similar type of um, help, but I'm going, but the help he's sending you, the Holy Spirit is going to be the one to help you, and he's going to teach you. He's going to remind you of things that you've, you've put in you, into your heart and your spirit. He's going to remind you of things, and he's also going to reveal to you things from the Father. So think about that. The Holy Spirit is the one who kind of gives you just a revelation. We talked about it last week when we had a, a tablecloth that we put over Chris. And to, to reveal it means we uncover so you can see what's underneath it. So the Holy Spirit does that. When you're reading scripture or you're, you're praying about things and there's just situations that you need clarity on, the Holy Spirit can just remove the veil, remove the cover so you see clearly what needs to take place. And, and what God is speaking to you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. So this week we're going to go a little bit further <clears throat> into the Holy Spirit. And there's, a, there's also this thing that comes with the Holy Spirit. And it's power. We have power in our life. I'm, I'm just telling you there is the, a world that is so caught up in 
promotion and having authority and having all this, but it's not the kind of power that, um, that makes you better than someone. It's the power that makes you better. It just makes you better, able to do more than what you could do on your own, able to do things that are not, um, that, not that you typically in your human ability couldn't do. It's a strong strength or might. It's, it's called, the Greek word is dunamis, which is, which is where we get dynamite from. It's like huge power. And that's the power that you have when you have the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, um, Jesus says, listen, do not go anywhere. Don't do anything until you receive this gift that was promised to you, meaning the Holy Spirit. Wait before you go. Because with the Holy Spirit is when you're going to receive power. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says this about power. It says, don't you realize that you're all together, that all of you together are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God lives within you. So with the Holy Spirit, there's power, and that the Spirit lives where? In you. Look at your neighbor and said, you got power. You got power. Because the Spirit of God is in you. And where the Spirit, there's, there's, there's power in the Spirit. Romans 8.11 says this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you. So you want to talk about a power? A power that, that raised Jesus from the dead. Life-raising power lives inside of you. That's, that's where the power is. In the Spirit of God, there is power, and the Spirit is in you. So if the Spirit is in you, you have power. Now, having power and walking in it and accessing it are two different things. Listen, you can come to my house, and you can talk about being hungry all you want. But we have food. So if you're hungry... It's not because there's, you don't have food. It's because you're not access, accessing it. You're not getting it. You're not getting a hold of it. So it's the same way with the things of God. Listen, you have it. You have the Spirit of God in you. But if you're walking in a place where you're not walking in power, it's not because you don't have it. On your own, you don't. But the Spirit has power, and the Spirit's inside of you. So you have connection to power in your everyday life. I've, I've, I've said it, I've heard people say it, man, I just, I got nothing left. And in the natural, that's a very good place to be. You know why? Because Paul says it, in, in my weakness, his strength is perfect. When I get to the point where I realize I can't do it anymore, guess what? I can surrender now and let the strength of God manifest. Same thing. I don't, I just, man, I'm just struggling getting through this. I just don't, just... I just can't get the victory here. I can't do this. I can't. Listen, then submit yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has power. That's for you. It's not just a power to just, just so he has it. Oh, yeah, look what I have. But you, that's not, you don't get any of it. No, he's your helper. So when the Bible says that he, when, when, God, when Jesus says, I'm leaving, so the, so the Father will send you the helper. In other words, he's saying, listen, I'm sending you the helper. I'm sending you power. 
I'm sending you help. So when you go to do something and you, and you typically struggle, now you have the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of you and says, listen, I have power. I can help you. I can help you. Same thing with things that are plugged in. This foot pedal is plugged in right here. Guess what? Take away it. Take it out of there. Take, disconnect it from the power. That's useless. It's useless. The stuff at your house that's plugged in, your TV, your lamp, your whatever, unplug it. It's useless. Has the ability to do wonderful stuff. Plugged in. Unplugged. Nothing. Nothing. But nothing's wrong with it. It's just not connected to the power. That's the same thing. Power's there. It's just not connected. For us, we have the power. We need to connect to it. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the greatest example of walking in the power of the Holy Spirit was Jesus. It says, and you know that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. There's all three again, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But listen, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. So God sent the Holy Spirit for Jesus, right? Jesus says this, it's better that I go because the Father will send, the same way he did with Jesus, the Father will send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, the Helper for us. So we have the same Holy Spirit living in us. So if the Holy Spirit brought power to Jesus, then guess what he brings to us? Power. Don't be afraid. You, you're not going to get it wrong. I set it up so you know the answer. So don't be like, uh, I want to say power, but what if I'm wrong? It, you're not. Okay? If God gave the Holy Spirit to Jesus with power, then because we have the Holy Spirit, we have what? Power. Yes, we do. We actually do. We have power from the Holy Spirit. So Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22 says, One day Jesus, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. And he was praying. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. So the Holy Spirit at that moment came down onto Jesus. And then, he heard, and then the voice from heaven said this, You're my beloved son and you bring me great joy. So the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus at that moment. At, up until that moment, there had been no miraculous things take place in the life of Jesus. He's walking now. He, he, he's baptized. This power comes on him. The power of the Holy Spirit comes on him. And then, and then let's continue on what happens. After that, you have several verses that talks about just the lineage of Jesus. You know, and, and we won't go through we won't go through all that, but you can, you can see it there. It's uh, 23 all the way through 38 of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so. And that'll bless you. That'll really bless you if you just go home and read that and just get all those names right. But then after he says the lineage, he goes here to chapter 4, verse 1, and it says that then Jesus, and listen to this next statement, full of the Holy Spirit. So he now is walking full of the Holy Spirit, Okay. This is Jesus. Returned from the Jordan River, and he was now led by the Spirit. So he's full of the Holy Spirit. He's led by the Spirit. We're going to talk about those even as we continue in this series. And, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. 
He goes through this temptation. He overcomes temptation from the enemy. He uses the word. He speaks the word to overcome temptation. Verse 14, after in verse 13, the devil finished tempting Jesus and left uh, until the next opportune time because basically he had he didn't he didn't gain anything. Jesus overcame. Right? Because Jesus is walking in the power of the Spirit. It says, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. So Jesus is walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And at this time is when a lot of people would say it this way. Jesus' ministry really, really began after he was being baptized, full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit's power. Then he begins to teach, and then you go on and you begin to see different things. In that same chapter, it goes on down. I think it's in... um, Verse 18 and 19, where he goes into the temple and he grabs the scroll to read it. And it's the prophecy that he says was fulfilled on that day because he's reading it. Here's what it says. The spirit. (coughs) Yes. Hallelujah. (laughs) The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay. The spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So he says, the spirit of the Lord is, is upon me and he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor and to proclaim that captives will be released. He, he's, he's talking about, I am bringing good news. I am proclaiming things. I'm telling you things. We're going to blind set free, captives set free. All this thing happening, blind seeing. And all that is because the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's how that happens, because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is Jesus modeling the very thing that we're talking about. So we have in us that same power. We have the same anointing because of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that the anointing doesn't come in different ways and and people do different things. But can I tell you something? You are anointed with the Holy Spirit. You are. You don't, you don't, you don't, you know, and I understand people's heart, Lord, just I just need your anointing. Listen, you have it. What you need to pray is that you learn how to access the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. That you walk it out. But here's the thing that we're going to talk about. Because we're going to talk about what, how, some of the way this power manifests in our life. But I want to tell you this up front. The Holy Spirit is your helper. If you want to walk in the power and you want to overcome things and you want your life to change, you're going to have to be a part of that. Even if that part of you isn't, it's not a work. It's a submission to the Holy Spirit. It's not you somehow figuring out how to do it. I got to make sure I do all this right. And I got to, how can I say this better? How can I stop doing that? No, you need to submit yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit. But you have to, you have to follow the leading of the Spirit in your life. You can't say, well, this is just too hard for me. No, it's not. Well, it is too hard for you on your own. But if you submit yourself to the Spirit of God, you can do it. You can do it. So let's talk about what does this power do? One of the things that this power helps us to do is to understand. Listen, first of all, we think this power is for us to just do all these things. And there's some things that he helps us to do. But there's also this thing at the very beginning that the Holy Spirit helps us understand 
the love of God. Because nothing, nothing can help you more than understanding how much God loves you. There is such a revelation of God's love that we need. Deeper revelation of God's love. Romans 5, verse 5 says this. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, look, we know how much God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of how we understand God's love. Look what he did for us. But then he says he fills us, he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts, not just with love, but with his love. So the Holy Spirit, part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to not only reveal God's love to us in the fact that God sent us the Holy Spirit, but also to fill our hearts with that love. So we're so aware of it. And it's not only affecting us, but it's affecting people we're around. We need, listen, you need to continue to grow in your understanding of the love of God for you. Because you can't really love others until you receive the love from God. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. If you don't know how he loves you, it's going to be hard for you to love others that way. So you have to be able to receive God's love. And I know, I know because I've been there. Listen, the enemy is the first one that's going to say you're not lovable. The enemy is going to first one to bring up every bad thing you've done in your life. Every mistake that you've made, every wrong thing that you thought, every, he wants to convince you that God loves those other people, but you're a little different. I, I, I had those times. Listen, I, I, I had those moments of like, you know, my older brother, he's just like, he was a very good student. He didn't get in a lot of trouble. But at the same time, there's times if I compare myself to people, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm probably not as smart as he is. I didn't do as well in school as he did, and, and, and I was a little bit more, um, yeah, different. <laughs> I don't want to say troublemaker. Well, that's not necessarily true. But, um, but you know what? I have to embrace God's love for me. Because I'm human, my brother's human, my family's human, you're human. We can all talk ourselves out of thinking we deserve the love of God. But this is the cool part about the love of God. It's not based on whether you deserve it or not. It's based on it's who he is. God's just love. That's who he is. So because he's love, that's, that's just what he does. His love for you was never based on your performance. It was never based on you getting everything right. It was based on you that you're you and he loves you just the way you are. But he loves you enough that he'll help you, give you a helper to change those places in you where you're destroying yourself, where you're hurting yourself, where you're, you're going astray. He brought a helper to say, look, I'm, I can help you live the life that I have for you. That's what, that's what he does. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to help us to have the power to understand God's love. He also gives us his power to do the things he asks us to do. You know, the Bible talks about he gives us the desire and the power to do what pleases him in Philippians. Think about that. He gives you not only a desire to do it, but he gives you the power to do it. He never asks you to do something that you don't have the ability to do in him. 
In, in um, Hebrews 9, verse 14, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. Listen to this. For by the power of the eternal spirit, by the power of the spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice. Even Jesus going to the cross, there was something about the power of the Spirit that helped him offer himself as a sacrifice. The power that comes from the Spirit of God. In um, Ezekiel verse, chapter 36, verse 26, he says this to the people of Israel. He says, listen, I'll give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you, and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Think about that. He's saying, listen, you know that old stubborn, that old stubborn heart that just wants to do what you want to do, and you're not open to change and all that stuff? He's saying, listen, I'm going to take that out, and I'm going to put a heart that's responsive and tender. I'm going to change you, and how I'm going to do it is I'm going to put my spirit in you, my spirit. And when I put my spirit on you, you'll be able to do all the things that I have for you. Because with my spirit comes the power to do it. And the ability and the strength that all comes from him. That's that's how we can obey and do what he's called us to do because we have the spirit of God with us. And we don't have to pull back and we don't have to hide from it. We don't have to, you know, somehow try to perform either. It's the Holy Spirit that does it. It still requires us taking steps because he's our helper. He's not our doer. He's our helper. So we say, this is what I'm going to do. And the Holy Spirit says, listen, I'm right here to help you. You can walk this out. You can do this. Here's another thing that we have power to do. Overcome sin. Overcome sin. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Look at, look at uh, verse um, 12 through 14 of that same chapter. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by, by, for if you live by it dictates, you will die. But if you live through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Here's what he's saying. Look, you, your life, the life-giving spirit in you has power to overcome the spirit of your sinful nature. It puts it to death. Then he says you have no obligation to live under that. In other words, you no longer are slaves to that. No longer. That no longer has a, a hold on you. Now, do we live sometimes like it does? And we have to remind ourselves, wait a minute, I have the power of the life-giving spirit in me that I can overcome and put to death that sinful nature. Listen, what I'm not, what I'm, what I'm not saying is when you mess up that, that you're just a sinful person because the Bible says righteous people fall, but they get back up. But this sinful nature that, that leads you and, and, and leads you down a path of just selfish stuff and, and sinning against God and against whatever. You listen, that's, that's, that's put to death by the power of the life-giving spirit. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. 
Paul says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Remember, we talked about the Holy Spirit as a guide. It says that in John, that he will guide you. He will teach you. It says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Here's what it didn't say. Stop doing what your sinful nature craves. That's not what that verse says. It's not telling you to come up with the formula to stop doing those things. What it says is that when you walk by the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit guide your life, then you will stop doing those things. Why? Because you can't walk north and south at the same time. You can't get to an intersection and turn left and right. If you turn left, then you're not going right. If you turn right, you're not going left. So here's how, you don't give instructions to people, all right, when you get to my house, um, don't turn right. Then go down and don't turn left. That's not how you give them instructions. You say, it's, you say, go to my house. Instead of not turning right, you tell them, turn left. So you tell them where to turn by telling them to turn left. Guess what that means? They're not turning right. Right? So if the Holy Spirit is guiding us, and we follow the Holy Spirit, then we're not following our sinful nature. So it's not, instead of you trying to figure out, how do I not follow my sinful nature? It's so tough. Well, follow something else. Because you can't follow two things if they're going two different directions. You follow the Holy Spirit, and guess what? Your sinful nature, you don't crave it. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't fulfill those things. Because you're walking by the Spirit. So let's keep going. The sinful nature wants to do evil. That's why you shouldn't follow it. Which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature does. So here's what's going to happen. When we had, a, we had a, um, this men's retreat and we got up, a bunch of guys were going golfing Friday morning. And Butch, who is my uncle, made this statement. Don't react but respond. And, and at first I got it wrong because I said, that's good, man. I need to react more and not respond. He's like, no, no, no. You need to respond more and not react. But here's the thing. Your, your, your fleshly nature is going to be what reacts. And if you just go by what first thing that comes to your mind, a lot of times your flesh tries to speak up quick. Because if you don't think about it, you just say it quick and do it, then he, he went. If he, the flesh knows if you think about it and you process it, flesh probably isn't going to win. So if the flesh is saying this and the spirit is saying this, then you have to choose what are you going to follow? Who are you going to follow? So because they're opposite, if you just react, you're probably going to follow this. But if you stop and respond to what's happening and, and make a decision, not a reaction, but a decision to say, I choose to follow the leading of the Spirit, which would be opposite what your flesh is wanting. And that's, that's how it operates. Then it says this, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions because these, there's all this fighting happen. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desire of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Listen, here's the results. Sexual immorality. 
If you live by your flesh, there will be a lot of times, it will lead in things of sexual immorality. Some translations say adultery. Breaking the, the bond of marriage, intimacy with, with someone else when you're married or with someone who else is married, and that's sinful. And that's flesh. Some, one translation uses the word fornication, which is when you're intimate with someone before you're married. Listen, the Bible calls that fornication, and it calls it wrong. And it calls it flesh. It's flesh. It's not walking by the Spirit. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not shaming you. I'm just telling you that's what the Bible says. And when you walk down those paths and you're not walking by the Spirit, you're going to find yourselves, and we as a nation... And as a world have gotten so desensitized to the things of the spirit that we allow things and even justify things in our minds to make us feel better. But listen, the reason you still don't feel better is because it's still your flesh. Still your flesh. I do. Listen, when I do premarital counseling, there's Christians that love God. And, and they're involved sexually before they're married. I talk about it. I don't shame them. I say, if you want the best, if you want the best, this isn't the, this isn't the route. But it's part of the flesh. And if we learn how to, how to decipher between the flesh and the spirit, then we know, oh, I don't want to live by the flesh. And then we begin to say, okay, how, how, do I, how do I overcome that? You don't overcome that by just saying, I'm not going to do that anymore. You overcome it by saying, you know what? I'm going to walk by the Spirit. And the Spirit will strengthen you and help you to overcome those things. Then it, then it keeps going and it says this, impurity, lustful pleasures, even things, listen, even things that you allow yourself to see, to watch, to look at, for your own gratification in areas, Listen, that's, that's flesh. Idolatry. Anything that you're putting above God, that you're worshiping, that gives you all your value and that this is where your hope is and anything that's outside of the things of God, listen, it's idolatry. Outburst of anger. Oh, a lot of people just look down. <laughs> listen, here's, here's the thing. Outburst of anger is flesh. And the reason it's flesh is because when you have flesh and spirit, if you react, you, that's flesh. You cannot ever, ever justify outburst of anger because Jesus says it's of the flesh. That doesn't mean, listen, Jesus got angry. So it's not anger that's bad. It's how you respond to the anger. And if it's flesh, then it's all about putting it on someone else, getting even, making them pay. That's, and that's, that's part of the thing. Selfish ambition, thinking of how you could gain, what you could get out of this, how it's all about you. And that's, that's flesh. When there's always this area where you just, you just won't submit yourself to, or you'll just... You always want to push in this area. And, you know, and, and here's when you know. Here's when you know that you're walking by the Spirit. 
in areas where you can't agree with your boss, and he's not asking you to sin, okay, or anyone in authority over you, when you can't walk in agreement, you need to walk in submission. And if you, if you cause dissension by going to other people and blasting your boss behind his back or behind her back, that's of the flesh. That's of the flesh. Listen, I, I have people over me, and it's not, I don't always agree. And I've had conversations, and I've had conversations where I thought, I don't, I don't agree. And I, and I was honest. But I always have said, when it's all said and done, I just wanted you to know this is, because they, they want to know how I felt. This is what I feel, but when it's all said and done, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. That's, that's, how you, that's, that's walking by the Spirit. We got quiet up in here. Let's keep going. If I'm stepping on your foot, just you got another one. You can hop out. All right. The next thing is to walk in boldness, okay? You, go on, you can't go by the flesh. The power that gives you the, the, opportunity to, the opportunity to overcome sin and to overcome those things that are wrong. And can, let me just say, let me go back to that thing, overcoming sin, for a second. Listen, that's, I don't want anyone to feel shame or condemnation on that. But what I am telling you is sometimes when you look at your life, it's a way that the Holy Spirit can say, these are some areas where I'll help you if you'll just be aware that the lifestyle you're living or the, the thing that you're doing, you're missing it. It's not because God doesn't, you know, he's just got these strict guidelines. No, he wants the best for you. And these things, they take you away from what God has. God, God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to enjoy life the way he set it up for you to enjoy. And I'm telling you, life with the Spirit is way more fun and way better and way healthier than the flesh. Because all the flesh does is temporary gratification, and then on the internal, it never brings any kind of satisfaction to your life. It never does. It never does. Times in my life where I know I, I was just not living the way I should, it never brought peace. There was always something to me that says, you know, this ain't it. And I'm telling you, the world is full of those people where they're struggling. And, they, and they're just living this life and they're doing this stuff, acting like they're just loving life. But I'm telling you, inside they're miserable because nothing will fill the void of their life except God. You know why? Because they were created in the image of God. And until they get back to that, they'll never be truly satisfied and fulfilled. But it takes the openness of your heart. It takes an openness to say, you know what? I need help. I need help. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say this. We're going to finish this next week because I really feel like God wants to set people free right now. 
kind of frustrates me a little bit because I studied so hard, I kind of just want to finish. <laughs> it doesn't frustrate me that you, he wants to set you free. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> but you know what? I think we just got to, this is where we're at, y'all. And hear me as your pastor. Nobody is perfect. Jesus said when they were going to stone the lady with, who was caught in the act of adultery, they said, hello, anybody without sin, throw the first stone. And nobody did. And Jesus said, look, we're your accusers. He's like, and she's like, there are none. He said, listen, then I'm not going to condemn you. Go and sin no more. In other words, go and live a better life. Go just recognize. You see, that's the love of God. The love of God is what draws people to change. That's why the very first thing that God gives us the power to do by the Spirit is understand his love. That was the first verse we started with, Romans 5. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals the love of God to you. So here's where we're going to go. I ask you to bow your heads with me. And, and I want you to just really right now, right where you are, right where you are, I want you to just really dig deep into your own life. I don't want you to think about anybody else. I don't want you to think about who you think needs this message. I want you to think about you. And I'm going to ask you to get really real for a second. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray for you. But if there's some areas in your life that you know it's flesh. And the thing about that, the thing about that verse in Galatians 6, just to help everybody understand what we're talking about, um, here you can look up at me real quick because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this verse, this last part of that verse. Because when it goes in and it says, you know, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, Listen, all of that's flesh. All of it. There's no way to justify it in your mind. You don't need to. It's flesh. And then he says this, and other sins like that, or all of, all of the like, that's what some translation says. So here's what it's saying. It's not just those. Basically, the Holy Spirit is saying, all these places where it's just about you, and you're just fulfilling your own gratifications of your flesh. He doesn't, so it's not just those. Because if you were sitting there thinking, well, he didn't mention mine, so I'm good. No, he covers it. He says, and anything else like that, anything else where there's flesh, here's what he says. The way to overcome it isn't to be condemned, isn't to be scolded. It's simply to decide to walk by the Spirit. Because when you walk by the Spirit, you're not going to fulfill the things that your selfish nature and your, your fleshly nature wants to fulfill.